This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I'm your host, Erin B. I hope this week has been good for you. I hope this year so far has been good for you. Um, This is originally airing early in 2021, and from my estimation, so far, 2021 has lasted approximately 13 years. Um, So I hope your 2021 is a little bit um, different from that, but hey, what are you going to do, you know? It is not up to us how things go. We just are called to serve the Lord where we are in the time that he's placed us and the circumstances that he's placed us. And so we just need to ask that he would help equip us and help us to serve him well. Okay, so let's get looking here at today's topic. So I love, as I'm sure many of you do, used bookstores. Um, I love hate used bookstores. Let me put it that way, actually, because it's it's true. Um, So I love old books um, because they tell a story, not just what's printed on the pages, but um, this particular book that I'm looking at today, which I think uh, we took a look at many episodes ago. I picked up at a used bookstore. It's a children's book called Little Visits with God. Uh, And then on the inside, you have um, written, handwritten, to Missy and Gretchen with love from Nana and Pop Pop. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And, you know, I think of um, some of the Bibles or um, a cookbook that my grandparents gave me when I was a little girl. um, And, you know, the things that my grandma wrote inside there. And and that's just really special. And... um, I can't imagine giving those to a used bookstore, but to each his own. Everybody's different. And um, and so there's there's a story behind so many of these, these used books. Not everyone. I mean, let's not romanticize this too much, but you know what I mean. Now, on the other hand, I hate used bookstores and used books because no matter what you do, no matter how clean your house is, books get musty and dusty. It's paper. That's what happens. That's what paper does. So every time I'm around an old book, I have a headache. So college and grad school were fantastic (laughs) getting the old books. I remember one book for grad school was out of print, and so I had to buy an old used copy, and I had to store it in a Ziploc bag because the smell, just the, the dust and the mustiness of it, was so overpowering. It was really hard for me to read through it, but I did get an A in the class, so that's good. All right, I completely digress. So I have this book in front of me, Little Visits with God, and it's just this collection of small short stories with, um, you know, little Bible themes, little uh, moral lessons, things like that. Certainly not um, something that should be your primary source of Bible study, even with your children, but kind of a nice little thing to get them thinking. It has some questions at the end. And I came across one in this book that I thought would kind of help us segue 
into um, our topic today. So I'm going to go ahead and read this little story, and then I'm going to put the book away because it's giving me a headache, all the dust. All right. So this is based on the verse Psalm 4, verse 3, the Lord will hear when I call to him, and it's called God listens to his children. Have you ever been in trouble? Real bad trouble. Great grammar there. Real bad trouble when you didn't know what to do. King David had many troubles. Before he became king, David had to run away from Saul, who was trying to kill him. Later, David had to run away from Absalom, his own son. Absalom tried to get rid of his father so that he could be the king. Usually, our troubles come from our sins. When we have told a lie or broken a window, when we have been mean or forget to do our duty, we get into trouble. Some of King David's troubles were his own fault. But sometimes we get into trouble even when we haven't done anything wrong. Maybe somebody gets sick, or we lose our money, or we fall and get dirty, or somebody is mean to us. There are many different kinds of troubles in the world. What can we do when we are in trouble? We can pray to God. We can say what King David said. He said, hear me when I call, O God. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. King David knew that God would help him. He said, the Lord will hear when I call to him. So he prayed to God often. And then he stopped worrying. I don't know about that, but I'd, I mean, sometimes worry is hard to control, but um, I, I get it. I get where they're going. All right, um, uh, continuing. We know that God loves all people, especially his children. We too can say the Lord will hear when I call to him. So let's not forget to ask God for help when we're in trouble. He will help us for Jesus' sake. Then it says, let's talk about prayer. What did King David believe the Lord would do for him? What kind of troubles do children have sometimes? What kind of troubles do grown-ups have? Why is it foolish not to ask God for help in times of trouble? Why are people happy when they trust in God? And that's, I love those questions at the end. It, it can really help parents and children just have a little conversation about it. You know, it's drawing in, well, what kind of troubles do you have as a child and you as an adult, as the parent? And just kind of helps open up that conversation. I think a resource like this is um, really kind of a sweet way to have those conversations with your kids and talk about very practical matters with a biblical view. So I really like that. Then it gives a Bible reading for older children and grown-ups to read Psalm 4, 3 through 8. And then a little prayer that says, Dear God, we are glad that you are willing to help us in any trouble, and we thank you for your promises to hear our prayers. Hear our prayers for the sake of Jesus, our dear Savior. Amen. I just loved that idea of God listening to our prayers and David's confidence in saying that the Lord hears me when I call. And if you're familiar with the Psalms, ladies, you know that there are times when David cries out, you know, oh God, hear my prayer. Why are you silent? And, and yet by the end of the Psalm, he's turned around. He's changed his perspective. Nothing in his circumstances has changed. That's very common throughout the Psalms. But David's perspective has changed, and that has changed through his communion with the Lord in prayer and uh, just helping to write his mind and refocus it on God and on God's truth and on his promises. And so I think David is just a really great example for us in terms of prayer and God listening and hearing our prayers. Now, intellectually, we know as Christians that God hears us when we pray to him um, even if we're not kneeling with our head bowed and our eyes closed, I think a lot of us pray in different formats throughout the day, perhaps. Um, and God hears those prayers. God hears the prayers of his children. And we know that, right? It's in our brain. We get it. We understand it. But it doesn't always feel like he hears us, does it? 
I mean, be honest. It's okay. You won't have to, you know, say 15 Hail Marys or anything for admitting that. Sometimes, and by the way, Hail Marys won't get you anywhere. But uh, anyway, it was a joke. Don't email me. All right. Um, but sometimes it doesn't feel like God listens. It's like, I'm praying. What the heck? Why is God not answering me? Why do I just feel like he is silent? And it's those times that we have to remember that God is always working. And that, as we talked about in a recent episode, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So we think that he needs to answer, you know, right now. And he needs to answer it the way that I think is going to work out. Like, okay, God, here's my problem, or here's what's going on, or here's what's upsetting, and here's what would be really great if you could make happen. I mean, of course, we all want the easy way out. Hey, it'd be really great if you could just, you know, uh, make that annoying neighbor move away, or take this illness away, or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. But that's not always, or even not usually, how he answers. When God does answer, it's not in our time, it's in his time, which is always perfect. And when he answers, it may not be the answer that we expected or the answer that we thought we wanted. But so often, and I think if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you can admit this, ladies, we can look back and see how that answered prayer worked out for our good and for his glory even if the answer wasn't what we expected or what we wanted or what we thought it needed to be in order to correct the situation. And that's one of the graces of God and, and the way that he does deal with his children is he takes care of us day by day, situation by situation, minute by minute, second by second. And in his grace, we can look back and see how he's taken care of us, how he's answered prayers in often very unexpected ways. Maybe prayers that we hadn't even specifically prayed, and yet we see his answer. We see how his ways turned out to be the best, and his timing was always the best. So God is listening. He does listen to his children, just as the book was telling us. And often we're lectured, I would call it a lecture as Christians, but it's not invalid and it's not um, it's not without merit at all. We're lectured that God should be the first one to whom we go. We should stop and pray, talk to the Lord, talk to our Savior, talk to Jesus. Those are all the same people, by the way. Um, <laughs> stop and pray about a situation before we get upset before we start reacting too much, before we run to family and friends. And that's hard. It's hard because our nature is just to start complaining or start reacting or whatever. And I am like famous for like overreacting about something at first, or maybe not overreacting, but just reacting because it's a big deal. And then stopping and pausing and praying about it. It doesn't make the situation go away. It doesn't make it better. It might actually end up getting worse, not because of the prayer, but just because you know, it unfolds. But that prayer helps center us back on Christ, center our focus back on what matters. And that is him, that is his glory, that is his ways, his purpose, his will, and helps us remember, refocuses us to say, okay, this is something that God willed to happen. And there's a reason that this is happening in my life now, and I need to learn from it. I need to glorify God in the way that I handle it. 
and I need to be willing to grow through it. And that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. But we need to pause and stop and go to God first in whatever situation. And we're probably more inclined to do that in bad situations than in good. But when you have something good happen, an answer to prayer that's just the best answer, and, you know, at least from our perspective, all the answers are good, but you know what I mean. It's just something really praiseworthy has happened. Do you stop and praise God and thank him first? It's hard. It shouldn't be, because we know every good and perfect thing is from above. But are we stopping and going to God first? God is so kind and good and gracious to us. He is our Father. He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to come to Him when things are good and to thank Him and acknowledge that that is from Him. And He wants us to come to Him when things are bad and when we don't know what to do and we don't know where to go. And He wants us to come to Him when we've sinned and when we've sinned against Him, sinned against ourselves, against someone else. 1 John 1, ladies, if you turn there, 1 John 1, verse 5, we'll start. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And that was um, the CSB, ladies. And so we must remember as well to go to God in our sin. Often we want to hide from him when we know we've sinned. It's kind of like a, a kid tries to hide from his parents when he's done something wrong. But when that fellowship is broken with God, everything suffers, doesn't it? When we know that we're sinning, we're not acknowledging it before God, it has quite a strain on our spiritual life. And so I encourage you ladies, it's hard sometimes to repent and that sometimes you feel like you're not genuine or, and all of that can be prayed about as well because the Lord wants us to come to him. And what an amazing promise. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And God gives us further promises about our prayers and that he will hear us. In 1 John 5, still reading from the CSB, this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. He hears us. We ask according to his will. We come in sincerity and, and, and pure faith. And again, the answer may not always be what we think we want it to be or what we expect, but it is the correct answer. The ESV, 1 John 14, uh, I'm sorry, 1 John 5, 14 reads in the ESV, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us.
1 Peter 3.12 says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. We are very much throughout scripture encouraged to go to the Lord. We are reminded over and over again that he hears the prayers of the righteous. And that's not a, that, that doesn't mean that you have to you know, clean yourself up before God will hear you. He hears the prayers of his children. And so when you are in sin, he hears that prayers. And so when you have sin, he hears your prayer, crying out to him for cleansing, for forgiveness, for strength to overcome that sin. And when you're troubled, he hears that prayer. Like I said, he is our father. Remember how Christ went to him as a father. So to close, ladies, I'm actually going to have you turn to Hebrews 4. Um, these are, this is one of my favorite verses on prayer and on our accessibility to Christ. So turn to Hebrews 4, verse 14. We'll read to the end of the chapter, and I am in the ESV right now. Hebrews 4, verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I love that verse 16. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. So as a parting thought, ladies, just remember God is ready and willing to listen. He's ready and willing to listen when things are going good and you want to praise him because he is worthy of our praise in good times and in bad. He is ready and willing when you've sinned and you need to come to him for help. He's ready and willing when you're in trouble, when you're sorrowful, when you're worried, when you're upset. He's ready and willing. He is a loving father and he already knows what's going on, but he wants us in humility and trust and faith in love to come to him. And that helps strengthen our faith and strengthen our walk and our relationship with him. Okay, ladies, and as an endorsement today, I flipped those. Normally I should be endorsing and then giving you a parting thought, but we'll do the endorsement now because we just did the parting thought. So I'm going completely off topic here with this endorsement, and I am encouraging you, if not this winter, then next winter, to get a pair of Muckluck slippers. They are the warmest. They are the softest. They are fun. Um, I like the slipper socks. Um, but there's lots of different styles, and I'm always cold. My feet are like little ice cubes all the time, even in my mukluks. Sometimes I have to put heat, little foot heaters, depending on how cold it is that day or where I am or what I'm doing. But, um, you know, hey, a lot of us are working from home now, or, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're at home anyway. Um, you know what? I am fully supportive of wearing slippers all day, and I love the mukluks. So there you go. That's my endorsement for today. All right, ladies, until next time, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening.